This stanza is called The Sword of Prajna. Prajna is a Sanskrit word which means direct insight or intuitive reason. Endless is the sea of opinion. Inconceivable is the mass of thinking produced day after day, year after year, century after century. Contested is every discourse. A maze of inconsistency is every human mind. Without thinking, there is no attainment. But so few are attained because so few have learned how to think truly. True thinking is a dance with the sword of Prajna. The dirty mess of conceptual proliferation is sliced open, and whatever jewels of knowledge and insight exist are strung into the necklace of understanding. The swordsman engages. He enters into the terrain of thinking, unafraid to touch ideas with his blade. But he never grasps an idea. He lets his sword slip through it, which does not cut it apart, because it opens it up. The sword of Prajna is not a weapon of destruction. It is a city of animation. It brings thinking alive. True thinking dies in the coffin of grasping. The sword of Prajna kills grasping, and so it allows true thinking to happen. Invincible is this sword of unerring discernment. It is a key to all dharmas, all truths. Without it, all the doors remain locked. With it, the gates of the pinnacle fly open. And the swordsman puts down his sword and enters into the imminence of stainless wisdom. So this is a commentary to the stanza called The Sword of Prajna. This is a very challenging stanza, which gets to the very heart of Mahayana Buddhist philosophy and practice, the heart of the Prajna Paramita, or the perfection of wisdom. It is at once subtle and practical. Subtle because it's dealing with subtle things. Cognition, understanding, discourses and beliefs. All very slippery, subtle things. But practical, because the essence of the stanza is about a usable technique 
to deal with those subtle things. And this is a technique of wielding the sword of prajna. Sounds somewhat symbolic or metaphorical, but in fact is rather more tangible and real. In the same sense that making music may be abstract and subtle, but the technique of playing an instrument is actually rather embodied and visceral. So too with wielding the sword of prajna. In the internet age, it doesn't take much looking to see that endless opinion is everywhere. That there is an almost unfathomable amount of thinking, talking and writing in just about every imaginal field of knowledge or belief, and I think we can also say of fantasy. And I think all of us nowadays find this completely overwhelming, especially considering that there is virtually no agreement on any of these matters. So the whole paradigm of thinking and discourse and information is one of tremendous contestation and struggle. And that's why we suffer from information overload. And it is perhaps the case that the internet age makes this all more visible. But I'm of the opinion that this is a problem of any age, that thinking, talking, opining, believing is just what humans do. And it is almost always a messy process, simply because most of us are inconsistent and perhaps even contradictory in nature. So what is one to do with this situation? How ought one respond? Well, there is one yogic technique which stands above all others. And this is wielding the sword of prajna. And it's connected with the bodhisattva of wisdom, Manjushri, who is usually represented as holding precisely such a sword. Prajna translates to true insight into the nature of reality or intuitive reason. It's not a pure non-conceptual gnosis, which in Sanskrit would be called jnana. Prajna entails working with concepts and ideas and knowledge and beliefs, not above and beyond them. But it implies working with them in a very dexterous and fluid and subtle way, a way which is non-grasping. And this is indeed the key to this technique. To engage with a conceptual idea without grasping it is difficult. So it's certainly not an easy technique. And the essence of the technique is to exert a natural, open, spacious intelligence to the sphere of ideas and knowledge and discourses. To learn to dance through that sphere, engaging openly with whatever you encounter, whilst using the sword of prajna to slice through any solidified dogmas and hardened beliefs in yourself or in others. These present themselves like off-key notes in an otherwise harmonic tune. Such off-key notes are almost always present in any discourse, but always alongside some kind of harmony. 
So the sword is specifically and automatically aimed at cutting through what is off-key and thus revealing what is good or true or valuable in any given discourse. And this is why the stanza referred to it as the sword of unerring discernment. It is what discerns the true, the good and the valuable. And this is why it is the key to genuine understanding or wisdom. So in this sense, the sword of prajna is tantamount to certain Western conceptions of reason. And I think by extension of Sophia, the concept and the goddess of wisdom in ancient Greece. And the thing that if one loves, one becomes a philo of Sophia, a lover of wisdom, a philosopher. And likewise, Justitia, the Roman goddess of justice, who actually holds a sword. So in many cultures, the sword does not symbolically represent violence, but rather the sharpness, clarity and penetration of genuine reason. So the yogi or yogini must learn to wield the sword and therefore learn the way of correct discernment. Every attainment is predicated on this.